Well, it is a privilege to be with you and to see so many faces. How many of you guys like movies? Do you guys like watching movies? I kind of like watching movies. And um, there's kind of a new thing that's kind of come out maybe since streaming, streaming movies is a thing. So Netflix brought this thing in when you get to watch a movie. And uh, you, get to, you get to skip ahead, right? You get to hit that fast forward button or you can just keep watching that movie and you can kind of put your cursor on, on that little line, you know, that dash that tells you how long the movie is. And you can kind of just see like a little window pop up that shows you kind of what's coming next. Now, be honest. How many of you people love that feature? All right, there's a few of you that are admitting to this. So there, there's a tendency maybe for some of us to just sort of want to see what's coming next, hey? I'm kind of like that. And I feel like actually life right now seems like we're in a very interesting movie. And the plot keeps twisting and changing, doesn't it? And we want to know what's coming next and how is this going to play out and what's, what's on the horizon. And, you know, it's got me reflecting and considering that, that I know that for us as a believer of Jesus, that God has called us to be a prophetic people. Now, a lot of you hear that and have no idea what I'm talking about. That means that we're a people that are fully aware of what's happening so right now in the movie, we're, we're present, we're watching, we're aware of what's coming, right? But we're sold out to God's perspective. Although there's stuff happening in the natural around us, we're sold out to God's perspective. So being a prophetic people for us is paying attention to what God is saying and doing, right? And then becoming active participators in it. God wants us to be active participators in what he is doing. And I love when we talk about being a prophetic people that actually, you know, God does let us look down that dash of time. And there are some things we do know. One of the things we know is that there is an end. We know that Jesus is coming back. We don't know when, but we know that we have a Lord and Savior who's coming back. In the word it says in John 14, 3, it says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. We know that regardless of what's happening in the plot right now in this season and time, that there is a Jesus in heaven that has prepared a place for us and he is coming back to take us to him. This is something that we know. There's other things that we know as a, as a believer that as we look down the dash of time, that, you know, sometimes in life there's going to be some challenges, there's going to be some oppositions, the plot's going to twist, but we're not always going to know what's coming next. But we do know that God is for us. Amen? We do know that God cares, and we do know that he is in control. And as I look down the plot of my life, we know that there's a, there's a little dash, Mike has often shared this, between my birth date and my expiration date. And if you've found where to find your expiration date, tell me, because I keep looking for mine and I can't find it. But we have an expiration date, right? And in that little dash of time, what I've come to realize is that the goal of my life is not to live the most comfortable life possible. How many of you can say that your life has been as comfortable as you want it to be? Not so. Hey, there's just so many things in our life that are actually out of our control. The goal of our life is not to just 
do whatever it takes to live the most comfortable life. Actually, the goal of our lives is to live out the call and purposes of God. That is the goal of our lives. That is what God has called us to. I think Mike had my notes when he got up here and was praying this morning. Because this is what God has for us. And in this moment, in this season, we the church need to rise up and to live this out. We need to live out the call and the purposes that God has for us. So when I consider this, I want to look at a scripture today and just sort of preach out of this. I want to look at Paul writing in Romans. I'm going to read out of Romans chapter 8 and encourage you, if you have the time, to just go in and read a bunch of this. You know, in this passage, as a review, just looking up to these verses, we see that Paul's reflecting on the problems and the challenges and the hardships that we face in the world and that they've actually been there since the beginning. And then he, he starts to talk about how the Holy Spirit, the one that lives inside us, helps us through. And then he writes this and he says in Romans eight twenty eight, a scripture that we all know and we quote often. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Somebody say all things with me. All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purposes. You know, when he starts this, he says something. He says, we know. We know. What he's saying is settled. It's established. He's saying that we have observed. He's observed in his life. And when he looks back through the history of time, that this is established, that all things will work together for good. And I know that Paul had been through some things. If you know some of Paul's story, the Apostle Paul, the word tells us that the man was whipped, he was stoned, he was beaten with rods, he was shipwrecked, and he was put in prison. This man faced hardship, and yet he's writing this. He had a first-hand account and a historical account. And I believe that there's many of us here today that have a first-hand account that God can turn all things together for good. Amen? We also have a historical account. So even in your life, if you look and go, I don't know, go look back over history. See what God has done. The Israelites did that. They, they built altars and there was always this reminder and a telling of the next generation to the next generation of God fulfilling his promises and being so faithful. We know that God does not change. In Malachi 3.6, it says, For I, the Lord, do not change. He told us this. So how can we know that we can trust God? How can we know that what Paul is saying is true? And the answer is because God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He does not change. The next question I think I've asked and maybe you are asking in your life is, but God, but what about me? How do I know for me? How do I know that this is true for me? And the answer is because he has called you. He has called you individually and by name. And the Lord knows every hair on your head. He, know, he has known you from when you were created in your mother's womb. You are known and you are called by God. And this is where we're going to go today, that we are called by God to his purposes. 
you know, he carries on as he says in the scripture. He says, and we know that for those who love God, this is really important because loving God is the prerequisite to all things working together for good. Love is the prerequisite, friends. It's a loving God. Why do we love him? Because he first loved us. We love him because he chose us. So when I come to my, my God, my Savior, my Jesus, it isn't for what I can get. I come to him because he has called me by name. And I, in return, love him back. And I respond to that call. And we can't talk about calling and purpose if we don't ground ourselves and plant our feet firmly on a revelation of the love of our Heavenly Father who sent His Son for you and I. We can't even talk about it. We have to stay there. So I hope you're there with me. There are some things I want to go through. I want to go through three things when we talk about the call and purposes of God. The first one is that we are called to relationship. You know, in the scripture, it says that for those who are called. And if we read through scripture, there's many places where the word tells us that we have been called by name, that God has chosen us. For those of us that are in a relationship and you have a significant other, how many of you were hoping when you first met that person and were kind of interested that they would make the first move? Anybody? Come on, let's be honest. We always want the other person to make the first move, right? Move, right? That way we know that, hey, they're interested. I'm not going to get rejected, right? Nobody likes to get rejected. Anybody been rejected? Yeah, I'll put my hand up. Yeah, when I met my wife, I was like, whew, Katie, there's something here. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. And I don't think it's a timing thing. Rejected. Rejection sucks. But good news, she came around, she saw the light. Thank you, Jesus. And here we are, married, nine years, life is amazing. But with Jesus, this is so amazing, guys. He chooses you first. There's no rejection, none. It's just on us to respond to him. And he chooses us and he calls us to relationship. In John 15, 6, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. You see, Jesus did not come to just save us from sin, but to bring us into a personal and intimate relationship with him. The word used is used here is abide, right? It means to basically to keep to him, to hold to him, and to not move away from him, to stay rooted, planted, stuck to Jesus always because he is our strength and he is our source. Amen? So when we look at this notion of calling, that God has called us, well, what is that? Well, I want to say this, that our primary call in our lives That's primary, that's calling with a big capital C. That primary calling is being called to relationship with him. And there's actually no higher calling than that. All the other things that we might do in our lives, the calling that um, comes for us as unique individuals, that's calling with a lowercase c, right? It's important and God works through us uniquely and differently, 
But that is not our primary calling. Our primary calling is being called to relationship. And there's nothing greater. And we will find no greater joy in life than to live in a personal and close relationship with him. Amen? The amazing thing is as we get to know him in this relationship, that actually we get to then start to find out who we are. It's amazing, but it comes from knowing our father, knowing our creator and getting close to him. So if you're wondering, well, who are you? You're wondering, well, what's my call? I'll tell you this right now that you will find that out in personal and intimate relationship with Jesus. He will reveal it to you. And the Bible tells us that we've all been called. Not one of you has been left out. And in this time, I believe that we need to be reminded that the primary call and purpose for our life is first and foremost to a personal and intimate relationship. We've got to settle that. And as we settle that, we can move out and understand more on purposes. And let's talk about that. So the next thing I want to look at is that we are called to his purposes. You see, because with relationship comes identity. When we get to know him, we get to know more about ourselves. And when identity is discovered, hey, we find some purpose. You see, God has a plan. God is on mission. And his mission is to bring the gospel, the saving grace of Jesus to the whole world. This is his plan. And that has not changed and will not change. And this is a common purpose for every one of us to be included in that. It's to tell people about Jesus and to disciple them. We're all called to this purpose. That's why we put it up here as a, as a vision statement for the life of our church is that God has called us to know Jesus and to make him known. It is as simple as that. In Matthew 28, 19, for those of us that need to hear this again, this is the Great Commission. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You know, it says to disciple all nations. Well, the amazing thing about living in Canada is that all nations come to us. They're right here. They're actually outside our door. Pretty amazing. God has called us to be a witness in this place and to tell people about Jesus right here. And I believe when we look around that the reality is, is that this world is full of broken and hurting people. This world is looking for hope. Amen? And, and maybe right now we have some really strong opinions, but I want to say this, that unless you are God, right? Unless you are God, we only know in part so when we look down the dash of time, we only know and see and understand in part. So right now, people are looking for hope. But hope is not going to be found in our opinions. And you know what? Hope is not going to be found in a government. It's not. Even with an election coming, hope is not going to be found in our government. You know what else? Hope is not going to be found in the vaccine. Hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ and him alone. He is unchanging. He is unwavering. He has brought hope from the very beginning, from the beginning of time to today. And when we look on that timeline, friends, no matter what, 
we are faced with. No matter what is happening around us, as the narrative twists and chains and things happen, guess what? The only hope that we get to bring to the world that matters is Jesus. It's Jesus. And we, the church, need to rise up, and that needs to be the message on our mouths. That needs to be the thing that we shout from the rooftops. If you want to know where to plant your feet right now in this season, it's on Jesus, the hope that the world needs. Amen? I think... Amen. This is our purpose. This is what he's called us to. I think sometimes in the busyness of what's happening in the temporal world of ours that we lose sight of the eternal. And it's the eternal that matters. Our life is but a breath. It's the eternal that matters. And you know, the only thing that we get to take to heaven with us is people. That's it. It's the only thing that we get to take to heaven with us is people. And I'm telling you what, I want to take as many as possible. And I hope you do too. This is the purpose that he's called us to. You know, when we talk about purpose and calling, we certainly recognize that we are all different. Hey, I'm certainly glad that there's um, maybe only one of me because you probably wouldn't want to deal with more than one of me. And we probably feel the same way about others. But you know, we all have a unique call in our lives because God wants to work through us differently and uniquely. Maybe this is cheesy, but look at your hand. You know, this is used to identify things like crime. Hopefully you've never had to be fingerprinted. But you know, the reality is, is that God has created you so uniquely that no one else has fingerprints like you, which means that no one else can touch the world the way that you can. This is how unique God has called us. But you know, I think sometimes for us, when we consider the uniqueness of call, there's, there's two things that maybe we just sort of, we, we kind of get out of context and we, we, we sort of, I don't know, I think we can get mixed up in. I think one of them is that we start to, we build this hierarchical system that some calls are bigger and better than others. But we know, and let me state this for those of you that maybe don't, that there is no greater call than to relationship with Jesus and to the identity we have as a son and daughter. Everything else when it comes to our calling is just different function. We are all in equal standing before him. Amen? That's one. The other thing for me that I see is that we often make personal calling about ourselves. We start to just kind of look inward and we wonder, well, it's kind of, you know, God, what do you, what about me? What about this? Well, what is it? I found this scripture helpful. Isaiah 43, 1. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. Consider this. When you look at this scripture, it says he created us, that he formed us. And then he goes on and he says, I redeemed you and I summoned you. You are mine. This isn't about us. It isn't about us. The uniqueness of our calling and our abilities and the giftings and the way God wants to work through you. It's actually all about him. It's about him. And we can't make it about ourselves. We've got to make it about him. Amen? The word says that we belong to Christ, that we've been bought with a price. We've been bought with a price. 
So as we keep reading in Romans 8, 23, it says that we've been called, right? Called to what? It's called to his purposes, not to our purposes. Remember, it's not about us. It's about what he wants to say and do. So when we talk about personal calling, this is about what God wants to do in and through us. The reality is, is that he doesn't really need us. He chooses us and he chooses to partner with us. So maybe if you're like me in times of your life where you've kind of elevated the significance of yourself higher than you should, consider that Jesus used a donkey, okay? Right? If God can use a donkey, he can use you and he can use me. Amen? It's not about us. It's about him and his purposes. You know, and in saying that, I want to say this, that, you know, the call on our lives isn't the destination, right? Jesus is the destination, the call isn't the destination, then there's no higher calling to this intimate relationship with him. You see, personal calling is simply the outworking of God in the life of someone who loves him and is living in close relationship to him. Let me say it again for you. Personal calling is simply the outworking of God in the life of someone who loves him and is walking in close relationship with him. That's it. So if you need to have that even more demystified, the closer your relationship to God, the more evident your personal call will be. So just get close. Some people have pondered this idea of, God, what's the will of God for my life? You know, as a young person, it was certainly something for me. It was always, God, what is your will for me? What do you have? You know, we we spend so much time thinking about this. And I just want to encourage you, don't get stuck in that place. Don't get stuck trying to put a label on the purposes of God for your life. Because you know what? As the timeline goes, seasons change. And God might have different things for you in different seasons. What we need to be doing is paying attention to what he's saying and to what he's doing. And the prayer we should be asking is, God, well, what do you have for me right now? What do you have for me right now? And you know what? Whatever we are doing, God wants to use us in this season. And whatever we have in our hands, whatever God has placed in our hands, he can and wants to work through it. If you, if you know the story of the Israelites, leaving Egypt, you know what God did with a stick, turning it into a snake and helped use that as a way to deliver a nation. God can use whatever is in our hands. Amen? So the last thing when it comes to to calling that I want to highlight here is that calling is a journey. This is a journey. A wise couple, when Kate and I got married, told us this. They said, you know, Hollywood's got it wrong. You know, the movie always ends when the couple gets married and it goes and they live happily ever after. And he said, you know, Hollywood's got it wrong. Actually, the story begins at marriage and the adventure goes from there on. And you know, nine years in, I have to say that that's the case. But you know, it's the same with our relationship with Jesus. And it's the same when we consider this calling. That we're never just going to arrive at this destination of, I'm living in the call, and then that's it. It's always a journey with him. God has got us continually on the move until we come to that expiration date. And it's a fun and incredible journey. 
You know, I believe that it's a journey of faith. We don't always get to see what's coming next. But you know, we have a God that we know we can trust. We can trust him and he's for us and he is good. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3.13. You know, Paul understood that this is a journey and he just says this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul knew that the call was not a destination. I think there's many moments in his little dash of time where he could stop and go, I have arrived. Man, I've lived it out. But he just kept pressing forward and he was committed to seeing the gospel spread. And I find that as a good reminder and encouragement to me. And I hope it is to you that God wants us to press on and to take this gospel to people, to bring this message of hope to people. I want to ask if the worship team could come up as I close with a few things. I just feel like there's a response for us in this. Because I, I feel like sometimes when we consider this scripture, where it says, all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes, that sometimes, and even in the moment, it might not seem like that. And sometimes when we read that scripture and we want to apply it, we want to make it about ourselves. But the key here is that this is about the purposes and plans of God, not our purposes and plans. And I know that for us, that there's things in our hands. God has entrusted us with family, career, spouses, giftings, abilities, talents. And God wants to work through those things in your life. And I just want to ask if you would stand. And I think that there's an opportunity for us to just do something prophetically as we respond to him. I'd like us for us to stand even now. And wherever you are, you can choose to do this next part or not. But let's all stand together. And, and what, it, what it is is this. Whatever God has placed in your hand, whatever you consider is in your hand that he's entrusted you with. Maybe it's family Maybe it's, maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's gifting. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your career. I just want to ask the team if you guys could just play softly in the back. This is an opportunity between you and God. We've highlighted that you have been called, and I want to reiterate it. You have been called to his purposes. There's that primary calling and there's unique calling, but all of it comes back to this. God Use me. Use what is in my hands for the extension of your kingdom. And in this season and where we are today with whatever you are facing, God wants to work through what's in your hands. And I just feel that this is a, almost a prophetic act to say, God, come and work through it. So where you are, close your eyes, look at your hands, kind of just consider what has God placed in your hands. And I want to pray. And if that's you, can you agree with me? And let's open our hands. Let's not hold tight to these things. Because if we hold tight, it's really hard to allow God to work with them, hey? Let's open our hands. Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for each one here, God. Lord, I thank you for the calling and the purposes on your people. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you choose us, an imperfect and broken people. Lord, we want to be about your business. We want to be close in relationship, and we want to live out your purposes. God, I thank you for the things represented in people's hands right now. God, I thank you. I thank you for each thing, Lord. Lord, the families. God, the spouses. Lord, the jobs, the careers, the giftings, the abilities, the finances. God, I thank you for everything. Lord, we just say it is all yours. It is all yours, Jesus. Come and move. Come and have your way, Lord. I just ask, Father, that you would be speaking to hearts even now. Speak to the individual, God, for the ways that you want to move. Lord, we trust you. You are good. And you will work all things, all things together for your good. Come and have your way, Jesus. Come and have your way, Lord. Come and have your way.